Welcome back to the Family Movie Night podcast. And in honor of the nature documentaries we're going to be talking about today, I wanted to ask uh, my co-hosts that are joining in if you could live in any of the kind of exotic locations that are in all these nature documentaries, you know, whether it be uh, Antarctica or, you know, the Australian outback or, you know, the Amazon rainforest or some kind of just beautiful location out in nature, uh, where would you be? Let's go ahead and start with the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey. Where are you thinking you're going to live? Well, if uh, if it's about like just the scenic version of it, I have to yeah. say it would probably be about uh, Hawaii. I feel like yes. that just seems to have like a constant view, like landscape of like artistry kind of thing. Because I, I like the idea of Australia, but I also am terrified about the idea of everything I've heard about Australia in the sense yeah. that all their animals are the size and insects are the size of me. And yes. I have no time for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. And the benefit of Hawaii is you're going to get some fresh grown coffee, my friend. So there that's you right. Go. Oh, that's where most coffee is. Uh, yeah. A lot of coffee come from. I think that's where almost all of our coffee comes from. That and like maybe Argentina, maybe Argent maybe down the slopes. Tends to be places where there's like volcanic activity, I think, is mm -hmm. the idea behind it. This is literally no, no knowledge I have. I'll stop talking now. I'm throwing out a bunch of random stuff. Okay, so next up, uh, the villain of our podcast, uh, which in this case is uh, humanity's destruction of the natural world. Sawyer Hewlett. Uh, I, I am deforestation embodied. Okay, there you that's go. what I am. <laughs> uh, where Where would you live just so you could uh, pave paradise and put up a parking lot? Um. Oh, man. This is so difficult. I'm trying to decide if I want to go somewhere that I've been or somewhere that I haven't been. Um, I'm going to go somewhere that I haven't been. I'm going to go with Patagonia. It's Ooh. in South America. It's the yeah. least explored place on earth is the thing. And uh, that just sounds incredible to me. Yeah, that does. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like an incredible place to go and for Sawyer to die. So <laughs> there's probably tons of things out there ready to kill, kill you. Yeah, that, that's the point. I'm always, I look, I want to go out and be in nature. I just don't want to be the one to explore it. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm kind of a weenie when it comes to that. I, I do want to be the one to explore it. I love, I love exploring. There you nice. go. I will come find your body. If I All go right, on a trip, you. I know thank I'm you. sending him as the tour Bring guide. Bring me home, man. <laughs> That's right. I've got to go find him. Uh, and, of course, bringing all the uh, wisdom and grace that we need to this podcast. Heidi Cooper, where are you going to go live? Okay, so my uh, my video or my movie was about um, the Midway Atoll. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. So, I mean, it was sick it was really 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 beautiful the coral reefs and all that stuff so i think i would like to spend a little time there yeah that would be pretty nice yeah i think out like, in the middle of nowhere yeah <laughs> i think like donnie if i could uh choose somewhere like australia i think my choice would be the amazon rainforest but everything there it terrifies me all the animals <laughs> would just uh, i am not a snake person and there there are snakes there the size of a house yeah. and i just don't think i could i could deal with that so i'm not going to say that uh, hawaii was my choice but just for the sake of being cool i do i have heard that south africa is gorgeous i have heard that uh it has all different kinds of 
terrain and stuff. So I think being able to, that's my, that's my hope is that when the new creation fully comes and God, everything just looks like South Africa. That's my hope. <laughs> and we can just enjoy, enjoy all the different parts of the world. the family movie night podcast where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume my name is nathan and i am joined as always by my wonderful co-host donnie dorsey heidi cooper sawyer hewlett and today we are talking uh, about uh the nature documentaries uh, that just are on basically every streaming uh, platform, but we have a whole bunch that we're going to kind of uh, suggest to you and your family, especially if you've got young kids in the house. There's something about nature that just draws uh, kids in, something about animals and the beauty of creation that just inspires awe and wonder in all of us, but uh, children in particular just love it. And it gives us a chance, as we're going to talk about, to talk about uh, the beauty of God and how much God loves his creation and how he has called us to love and care for his creation. But before we get to that conversation, Donnie, what is it that we do on this podcast? On this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build some memories, start some conversations that'll matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and some shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships. Yeah. And, you know, movie nights are a great opportunity to do just that. You know, movies, movies are not just this easy way to share laughter and joy, um, but fear and sadness also. And I think even in this case, you know, like discovery, um, it's, it's not just a way to experience those in a safe environment, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters. In, in ways that are meaningful and memorable with our children, you know, and uh, and on this podcast, we we want to recommend some movies that you can watch, but more than that, we want to give you some ideas of, uh, of meaningful conversations that you can have with your with your kids uh, during or, or even after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add one more thing to your to do list as parents, um, but. We want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together so that you can build memories and have conversations that matter. So throughout our conversation today, just remember that we want to have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus with your kids. And uh, we want to hear from you. So you'll see in the link of this podcast of this uh, video, there is a link that says what we're missing. And if you click on that and fill it out, you can tell us a movie you want us to review, a topic you want us to talk about, maybe something in a podcast we've talked about. And you think we just got it wrong. We missed something in it. You can let us know. We would love to hear from you. We want to hear the best ways we can uh, serve you guys best. But we got to hear from you. Well, first, uh, let's go ahead and just get into our conversation this week. Like I said, we uh, watched uh, when we filmed this. This is uh, April, which is Earth Month. Uh, and uh, all over Disney Plus, which is kind of the parameters we put for ourselves, there's an Earth Month collection. And it's a bunch of nature documentaries from everything from Disney Nature, uh, which was Disney's uh, nature documentary side that was probably active for about 12 years. 
And uh, then they had uh, also, of course, they have the Nat Geo uh, films that are all in there in the Disney Plus thing. And all of us watched one. And uh, we're going to bring some that we think you might be able to watch with your kids. So uh, I'll start this time. I watched a movie called Born in China. And uh, this is a movie that is all about uh, China and the nature and the animals and the locations all around uh, the nation of China. And uh, my kids absolutely love this. It is a Disney nature film. It is uh, narrated by John Krasinski. And uh, he does a great job. The The benefit I'll say is if you pick any of the Disney nature films, uh, they, they obviously very fictitiously uh, create a narrative around it. So they tend to create little stories that go with it uh, that uh, help little children kind of follow what's going on. And you follow a group of different uh, of uh, animals. Uh, pandas are in this one because we're in China. And you get to learn a lot about the country. You get to learn a lot about the nature that's there and the animals that are there. And my kids found it fun and funny. They were laughing because obviously the animals are falling out of trees and falling over things and cute little baby animals and baby pandas and all the kind of stuff you could imagine. My kids loved it. Uh, so I could not suggest that one more. I'll also say I didn't watch it this time, but I watched it years ago. Disney Oceans is also available on uh, Disney Plus, and it is absolutely beautiful, especially if you have kids that are just amazed at the oceans. But Heidi, you watched one. I don't believe it was a Disney nature film, but it was available on Disney Plus. Uh, that was also about the oceans. Uh, what, what was the movie you watched? Yeah, so I watched uh, Sea of Hope. And it was about conserving, um, like the U.S. making um, national monuments of the ocean, of different parts of the ocean around our land. So we have um, 200 miles out from any of our coasts is technically our waters. And so <clears throat> they expanded in 2014, I believe it was. They expanded the um, the monument around a certain area of Hawaii. And so it goes out as far as the U S waters go. And it just basically it's, um, it federally protects that, that, um, area of water and the wildlife and the reefs and things like that, that exists around it. So it's really cool. My guess is I haven't watched this film, but my guess is for most of these nature documentaries, you know, if you've got kids watching, the conservation part may not be as interesting to them, but I bet there's just gorgeous cinematography, especially in that part of the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was um, the researcher that they were following. She's been doing this for so long. And um, for one of the things that she's passionate about is getting young kids involved. And so they do scholarships where they'll take the kids on the dives to these places. So they went to like, um, they went to, uh, I want to say St. Lucia or in the Caribbean and they did dives down there. And so there was, there was kids on that trip that had never um, been to the ocean and then they're going oh, on these cool. amazing, yeah, to Midway and um, going on these amazing dives and these coral reefs and stuff like that. And um, so it was really that that part was one of my favorite parts to be able to see those teenagers that were just like little kids, you know, like, like yeah. a little five year old watch and just awestruck with it. Um, and I just think it's incredible that not only does she do these things, but she also passes it on to the next generation, which is you know, we as parents have that opportunity to do those in, in big and small ways that, that we see around us, you know? 
Yeah. Well, and it sounds like this one might be even better too if you've got like a, a older elementary kid, middle school age kid who is very interested in uh, the environment and all of these kind of themes around conservation and that kind of stuff. That tends to be a big thing uh, among uh teenagers as they become kind of more socially aware of things. I know a lot of teenagers who are very focused on uh, protecting the environment and in nature and that kind of stuff. So uh, I think that's a great choice for that. Sawyer, you watched uh, uh, a film that uh, my wife and I actually went and saw. This was a thing my wife and I did every, every Earth Day, Disney, which is Earth Day is April 22nd, I believe. And uh, every Earth Day, they will Disney Nature would release these documentaries for like a week in the theater. And my wife and I always made a point to go watch these. And this one was one of our favorites. And I think for little kids, they will absolutely love it because it's just very funny. Uh, and it is called uh, Chimpanzee. It's available on Disney Plus. Uh, and it is uh, narrated by Tim Allen. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Tim Allen's really fun in it. And yeah, it is really funny. Um, it's also very intense at moments. It's uh, one of those things. <laughs> well, because it's it, nature, the chimpanzees yeah. actually eat other uh, apes. And so yeah. it's, it's a little terrifying at one moment. Yeah, there's, there's that. And there's, there's like, but the movie does a great job. You know, it's following this little chimp, this little chimp called Oscar. Who just is just the best name for a chimpanzee. Oh my gosh. Oscar, I feel like I could be buddies with Oscar, and then he would proceed to rip my limbs off. But that's when okay. he got old enough. You always yeah. keep them when they're young, and then you're like gorilla attacks a grown person for keeping yeah. it in a bathtub for thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, but no, I mean, I really, it, it's a good movie. It definitely is one of those things where nature is just beautiful, and it shows every aspect of that. It shows this family dynamic within the colony of chimps but it also shows the extreme animalistic instinct of these animals and i really admire it you know i think because it takes such a comedic tone it's able to kind of like not be biased at all it's kind of like yeah they're chimps they're really cute but they're also chimps in that there are leopards hunting them and stuff like that right. and um it's it's just uh I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it as well. I'll and if, if I remember correctly, that one and there's one called African Cats, what they do well is they do both the kind of narrative structure. So it very much kind of feels like an actual feature film in that there's a yeah. story structure behind it. You know, there's almost, which once again, this is the part I mean that it's, uh, it's a little fictitious in that there's a complete three arc you know, act structure to yeah. it which obviously did not happen in nature, but they're trying to do it to help kids engage with this. Right. And African cats, I remember has the same thing where there's a, there's a threat of danger, but there's also fun. I mean, it very much kind of feels like a dis a short Disney movie. Yeah. So, and, uh, but also beautiful cinematography. And, yeah. Gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, some of the best Ivory Coast is beautiful. Yes. I was going to say part of the fun of these Disney nature movies is the, ending credits where they show you like how they made it and stuff and like them interacting with the animals and very cute. So, all right, Donnie, you watched one that I actually don't think I've watched as you described it. I don't think I actually did end up watching this one. So I'm going to go back and watch it. Cause I'm very excited, but it's a movie called wings of life. So Donnie, tell us about wings of life. So, uh, wings of life is like, essentially, I think it's, um, just following like the path of like how, like it celebrates like butterflies and hummingbirds and different things like bats and different flowers and how they help supply all the things that we kind of 
some some things we take for granted and some things that are just like visibly beautiful. Um, it's narrated by Meryl Streep. Um, so like it's very calming, <laughs> like because her voice just has that like that calming, like, OK, I'm going to just sit here and listen. And like it just kind of takes you on a journey through it. And it's really cool to watch how. All these little things happen, but you can't see them because you're seeing it from such a bird's eye view, like, well, as pun not intended. Um, <laughs> but uh, like when you're looking at these flowers, like you see, OK, this is beautiful. But then when you get these cameras like super close watching, you know, the interactions between the the insects and the the other animals and how they protect themselves and how they, you know, create more. And some of it is like some of them exist just in certain locations. And like it's just it, it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of just like a beauty shot. Like it's, everything is just like it's just like a good, serene very calming feeling to like look at that and go wow nature exists in this type of beauty and some of it we don't even see because we're not in the right area of the world so you it makes it like it makes you want to travel and go like i want to see where what other things are around like all i've seen is georgia clay and whatever other things are around and that's not super exciting like hey you should come to georgia for the clay yeah stay for the people <laughs> i like it all right. Well, uh, so I think we've suggested several movies that you could watch in this. And uh, I want to just reiterate the reason behind this is I think especially if you've got young children, uh, nature and animals and creation in general is something that just inspires awe and wonder in us. I think it's why we were talking about this before the podcast, but most world religions and even ancient religions have some root of nature worship in them. Right, that there's some level of gods being over certain parts of nature, you know, a sun god, a moon god, a god of the mountains, and a god of all these different things behind it, or just kind of what we would call paganism, just a, a worship of the earth, of nature that's somehow rooted in it because there's something that when you stand before absolutely awe-inspiring mountains or waterfalls or deserts or you know, these beautiful creations, there's something in you that just says wow, this is bigger than me. There's something in the world that's bigger than me. And what we can do for our kids when they feel that is direct them, as the Bible would say, to the creator and not necessarily to the creation. That I don't have to say, hey, let's worship the creation, but let's worship God through his creation. Let's look at the beauty of the world around us. And so that's a part of what this is. But what we also know is not only do we see God in nature, so that's a part that you can say to your kids of, hey, you, you see God in nature, but also that God created us to care for his creation. And so I think this movie, these movies give us a chance to have those conversations. We want to talk about how to do that. So let's just start from the beginning with how do we have conversations around how we see God in nature, how how nature can inspire us to worship God and love God more. So uh, Sawyer, I want to start with you because I know one thing that's true. We were talking about this actually last night uh, is you love being outdoors. You love being in nature. You're, that's a big part of like your family tradition. So your family is a, hey, we go outside, we do outdoor stuff. Um, and uh, I just I just wanted you to talk about how could families, maybe even watching these movies, but maybe even after movies, worship God in nature. So can you can you talk to that to some degree? Yeah, I think um, I think a big part of it is, you know, almost like removing yourself from the equation so like whether you're on a hike 
or whether you're watching chimpanzee, I think the biggest thing that you can keep reminding yourself and reminding your kids is all of this is independent of you. You can't have like, you don't influence um, a mountain. Okay. Even when you walk on it, like you, you might be influencing some animals if you like litter, which is bad. Like it's very, very bad, but like, the mountain itself is going to be fine. It's been there for thousands of years. It's going to continue to be there for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Okay. It's, it's independent. And that's the biggest thing like that helps connect me to God, especially like, is I'm like, okay, like this mountain is independent. Okay. Heidi brought up like this idea that the mountains are going to worship God even and stuff like that. But even this idea that like, if this mountain is, is out of, it's like out of my control. Okay. But God is also out of my control. The thing is, God love chooses to love me. So God does something like he connects me to the earth by like reminding me of his scale. I always think of um, Job 38 when he says, uh, oh, "Good, let me just pull it up. It's a really great verse. And I don't want to get it wrong. Um, this is kind of like my go to cre- uh, when I'm in creation. I always think of this verses thing. Um, Job 38. Job 38. So like Job's been like, kind of like complaining to God and stuff like that. Um, and stuff like that. Anyways, in, in Job 38 verse four, he says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding who determined its measurements. Surely, you know, or who stretched the line upon it on what were its bases sunk or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And so I like when I'm in nature, I'm just reminded this is not something that I I'm in control. I get this is designed to lead me to the feet of God is the thing. That's what it's meant to do. That's what creation is meant to do for for us. At least it's meant to lead us towards God. Yeah. And, you know, so I think that's one part of it is I think you go out there and you're 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 in. I remember the first time I, I stood before the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls and you you have this feeling of being very small. And so part of that is, like you said, wow, God is so much bigger than me. Wow. God, God is so powerful. So wonderful. You know, something like this that I can't even control. I can't even really make a dent in. God is actively involved in the care of it, the creation of it. But then there's this other side of it, and you so you talked about uh, Job thir- uh, 38, but there's also in Psalm 8 uh, this beautiful picture of it, which goes to the other side of it, which is this. It says, look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. So I know God's behind all of this. When I look at nature, I know clearly there has to be a creator. But when I look up and see such wonder and workmanship above, I have to ask you this question. Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you bother with puny mortal man or be infatuated with humanity? That there's this idea of, and the kind of more traditional translations, this is a little more poetic translation of it, but who is man that you're mindful of me, that you look towards me? That God who created all of these things, when you get down to it, almost like Donnie said with the wings of life, these kind of tiny creatures, in the grand scope of the universe, we are tiny creatures. In fact, and in more atheistic worldview that would take this on is very much this idea that we are tiny, you know, uh, creatures on a rock 
that is the size of a speck in the grand sides of the universe. You know, we really don't matter. But a biblical worldview is to take it to the other side. We are the prized creation that amongst, like you said, the mountains, that amongst the seas, amongst the beauty of the stars and the skies, God still loves us enough that he would come and not become a mountain, not become a, a you know, a bear. He came and became a human being. And that right there is something that we can talk to our kids about that God loves his creation, but we are his prized creation, right? We are the one that he loves even more. And so there's a part of that in nature. Now, I think there's another part of this that when you talk about, um, and Donnie talked about this, even in that of you, you watch a movie like wings of life, which are about kind of the tiny parts of creation, right? Uh, the, the, the things that we think of as insignificant, right? The bugs and the, the little tiny birds. But Donnie, you said when you watch it, what you saw out of that is this kind of interconnectivity of the world, that God really created us as uh, really all connected together. And I think there's a, there's a biblical truth in that as well. So Donnie, you want to talk about that kind of idea, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, so like, I mean, when you think about it, it's like we are very much interconnected because we depend as much on the world around us as we do on just other things because i think sometimes it's very easy to get lost in the bigger of the world and not focus on the little little things like because it's those day-to-day -day, um interactions those day-to-day -day moments and things that make such a huge difference you know it's like i mean it's it's like the person like you hear about like oh just smile and somebody will you'll make someone else smile it's that idea is how quickly it's interconnected that's the same way that nature can be is that you know that one bee or butterfly that moved just across the yard has now created a whole slew of new like flowers you know and it's it's just amazing because god did that god gave us control i don't want to even say control he gave us an opportunity to nurture his creation, but he still treats us, like you said, as the prize creation. It's like, but like you said, you look at everything, you look at the sky and it's like, it looks like an artist like has painted it. You know, you look at the animals, like the insects and like butterflies, and you look at the intricate little designs on their wings and you see how much God loves even the, the, the most intimate of details about an insect or a flower and how beautiful it is that how could he not have the same love for his prize creation? Like those things that we look at about ourselves and go, Oh, this is imperfect. No, God sees that as a perfect reason why he loves you. Like it's that little thing. Like you might be like, Oh, well I have this molar. I have this freckle, you know, but God's like, I love that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. And it's like, and it's very easy to get lost in the bigness of the world, you know? And that's usually kind of how, like, kind of what Sawyer was talking about. It's like going back into nature, it reconnects you and reminds you of what God's love looks like and how big his love is yeah. and how awe-inspiring and just, you know, all-encompassing it can be. Well, and I think in a world, especially for, and I'm talking about our our children and our teenagers, you know, you, you, we live in a world, and I think um, social media has made that hard for everybody, but I do think um, something like TikTok 
which is now, and whatever comes after TikTok will be more this direction. Every social media seems to be going more this direction. But TikTok, I think in particular, because of the speed of it, you know, you're, you, you can probably, so my wife gave up TikTok for Lent. And um, so she was the whole time, she's not watching TikTok every night and she's going to pray during that time. And so last night we ended, ended our fast and I had saved over 250 TikToks in the time to watch with her. And it took us an hour and a half to watch 250 TikToks, mm-hmm. which is really no time at all. I mean, no time at all to watch 250 pieces of content. And children and teenagers are consuming that kind of content. And all of it, very much like social media, makes you, it does not lead you to worship God, right? That's not how I felt at the end of it. And I'm not even saying that it's necessarily bad. Everyone's very worried about these kids dancing on the TikTok. And, you know, I'm not saying even that. It's not, I was not sharing that content with my wife. It's not even content like that, but it's content where everyone seems a little funnier than me. Everyone seems a little smarter than me. And it it fosters within me the sense of competition of, wow, I'm really small and insignificant. But I think what Donnie just mentioned there, and this is the part I think we've we've missed. When you go out and you're in nature and you see God spent all of this time making each butterfly look different. Like every different kind of butterfly looks different. Every bird. Because if it were me, I'm just going to be honest. We need birds. I got two birds. I got a blue bird and a red bird. I ain't got time to make 30,000 different yep. kinds of birds. I'm copying and pasting. <laughs> yeah, I got one. I got this model. I got this model. Why we do that? I would be the Henry Ford of creation. <laughs> we, I got, we got one model T. That's what we make. But God intricately, and, and it's not because of anything other than that God is love and God just loves his creation and he wants to make it as beautiful as he can and as distinct as he can and as wonderful. And like you said, Donnie, to be able to say to our kids, look at what Jesus would say. Look at the birds of the field. Look, I mean, look at the flowers of the field. Look at the birds of the air. If God cares about them so much, how much more does he care about you? How much more special and valuable are you? You're comparing yourself to someone on TikTok that, yes, they have millions of views, but they're, you know, it's it's not even 15 seconds of fame anymore. It's like 10, 10 and a half milliseconds of fame. And, <laughs> it, 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 and it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. But there's a part of that. So I think nature does all of that. There is a part of nature, like uh, the scripture says, that it that human beings we remember hey we're temporary in the sense that our time on this earth is temporary but we're eternal with God because God is eternal right and so like the grass right that is here today it's gone tomorrow there's a part of that that reminds me of to be humble but there's also the part that Donnie said when I noticed the small things ain't it just even this conversation right here has lifted my spirit some right and having those kind of things, it just draws us more towards a love of God and honestly, a love for ourselves that allows me to love others because now I'm not as competitive. Now I don't see other people as opponents or competition. I, I can care for the smallest people, the people that might seem insignificant. I know if God cares about even the butterflies, how much more does he care about every human being on this planet? Now, there's one other part that we want to spend a little bit of time talking about, and Heidi and I kind of already spoke a little bit about this because of her her film being about conservation. But a huge part of what this is is that human beings, we are God's most prized creation. But unfortunately, often what human beings do is because we think we're God's prized creation, we think the creation is about us. 
And we think God created all these animals and this whole creation for us to use however we want to use it. But what God makes clear from the beginning is that God placed us in the garden to cultivate this planet, to garden this planet, to take care of the creation. And that all of how we take care of the creation, it does glorify God. And so, Heidi, is there a way that watching these kind of movies can allow us to help instill that in our kids of, hey, God wants us to care for these animals. God wants us to care for this creation and this planet and even just the waters, right? You know, that's the one you watch about, that God cares about how we treat this planet. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that, um, I think it has to start with us. I think that we have to, you know, like all of, all of you guys were mentioning, like, you know, how awe-inspiring nature can be. And <clears throat> I think anytime you spend a little bit of time, like focusing on um, being in nature and, and even tending nature to, to any extent, whether it's mowing your grass or something that simple, you know, or just putting some, you know, flowers around the mailbox or whatever. Um, if you can begin to like, like we hope to do with all areas of our life, but if you can, can begin to do it with Jesus and say, you know, you created this thing and you, um, like you pointed out, you tell me to look to it, to be reminded of how much you care for me. And I think that it, for me, when you, when you can do it through that lens and you can help your kids do it through that lens of we're going to feed the dog because the dog is, a, you know, he's an extension of our family and he is here to bring us joy and to play with us and to teach us responsibility. And, but he's also his own creature, you know? And so we want to take care of him and we want to, you know, give him a good life and things like that. And when you do that, then for me, what I've found in doing this with my kids and, and those little practices of, you know, um, the, just being open to the world, the nature around us, the world around us in nature, it translates so well to human beings are the greatest, you know, of nature. And because we are interconnected and it's all, you know, we are, like you said, just the top of the food chain. It's not that we are, um, you know, some, something different. It's, we're, we're just a part of it. We're extension and we're the most precious part of it. And so when you do that, then if you can learn to value a flower because it's God's creation, if you can learn to value an animal because it's God's creation and just have a base level of respect for all of God's creation, that will naturally carry over into your relationships with human beings. And you'll begin to have this innate level base face respect and appreciation for humans. And I think that's just so important. So nature, nature can be, um, it can be used to remind us of God's love for us, but it can also be used to remind us of our responsibility to love others. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the distinctly Jesus and what I'll say, disciple of Jesus way to view things. Because as we started this whole thing, there is a kind of what we call a paganist worldview, which would be to say, because creation is out of our control, because we are interconnected with animals and life on this planet, there tends to be this way of kind of just saying, well, then we need to worship this. And this is something that needs to be kind of feared and revered. And then there's the, what I call more scientific atheistic worldview, which is no, you know, humans 
are just animals. We're just animals like everyone else is, and all these other animals are. And we're just better because we figured out how to, we have a mind, we figured out how to work this, we got opposable thumbs. So we can kind of do whatever we need to do to the creation. It's really here to serve us. But a distinctly Christian worldview of this is, uh, yes, we are connected in the sense that God did make us out of the same things that he made the animals out of. Right. We are. So we are connected with animals in that sense. But like Heidi said, what makes us distinct from the animals isn't just our ability to think. It isn't just that we have opposable thumbs. It isn't just these kind of scientific things. It's that God himself became one of us. That God said, I made you in my image. Right. That's what's distinct about us. It's not even a scientific thing you can point to. It is that this. And then he said, I want you to care for this creation. And there is a way in which that when I live in a communion with God first and then with other human beings and then with all of creation, there is a way in which God is more glorified. That when I see it as my job to say, hey, like you said, I'm going to care for this animal that's in my home or I'm going to care for the animals around my home, right? The squirrels and the bunnies and the deer and all the people that come in. I'm not going to just treat them as a nuisance. I'm going to care for what's going on when I decide I'm going to care for this planet and I'm going to uh, be more environmentally focused or I'm going to garden, right? Gardening is a thing we do with our kids and they just love it. I talked about this before we filmed, but they they now go, oh, earthworms are this precious thing because they understand the earthworms dig uh, dig tunnels that are make it easier for our roots to go in. And they just see all of this. It's a way in which as the plants grow and as we make areas more beautiful with trees and flowers and we care for the creation, God is glorified more. Uh, people are able to look to creation. They're able to look to the way we love other people. And it's all key to what we do. And so I think our encouragement to you out of this was whether you watch a nature documentary or not, maybe go on a family hike. Maybe go out, just be in nature. Maybe start a family garden. Maybe go to the zoo or the aquarium and just kind of look around at all this creation. Have a conversation with your kids. Hey, if, look at how beautiful all of God's creation is. If God loves creation this much, how much more does he love us? And even more than that, how much more does he want us to care for creation? Just like he, if he spent all this, if you spent all your time making something and then your 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 friend just came in and trashed it, uh, do you think that's a very honoring way to spend how much time you uh, spent creating something? And so having that conversation is huge. We hope that you'll have it as you continue to uh, teach your children to love Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you guys next time.